Man, it's good to be in the anointing of God with y'all. Praise the Lord. Well, I've heard all kinds of good reports since I was gone of all the fun y'all had and all the great preachers and all the things that took place. Man, make me just want to go more often. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, it was, I, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of share some things. I'm, I'm going to change the way that I, I was, direction I was going tonight. Um, I, I just want to tell y'all, man, we can't say thank you enough for all of y'all that gave and, and, and blessed us in that. It was the greatest two weeks that we've ever had, for sure. Um, matter of fact, it was so good, uh, both of us agreed that we didn't want to come home. We weren't homesick. There was not, a, not an ounce of being homesick in the deal, uh, especially when it was maybe got 60 over there, you know, nights were 50s, and then we come fly into Dallas in the plane sitting on the tarmac and we're going <gasps> just about to freak you know but it was great um, <clears throat> let me share something with you and then I want to show you some things get your Bibles out go to Matthew chapter 13 verse 31 now Miss Jan told me that Tracy preached a great message last Wednesday on about sowing seeds, and so she kind of stole my thunder. Because when I was over there, I was just praying, uh, you know, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're not thinking about everything going on, you know, the Lord can speak to you. And other than having to have all the angels of heaven loosed on us so that I could get on the, in, from one place to another in the car, <clears throat> I just want you all to know if you ever want to try to drive on the left-hand side of the road, it is a challenge. And especially when a really big road would be like running 337 at 65 miles an hour. Just like that. You just run as fast as you can and you go, turn. Ah! Um, the one that we were so blessed on the trip, God was with us just amazingly uh, because literally we knew where we were staying, like in four different locations, but we had no idea what to expect, where we were going, what we were doing, um, nothing. And uh, God so just arranged everything. It was just so, such miracle after miracle after miracle on the trip. And uh, the only mistake looking back that I can say that I, I made, and it was all ego, because we get to check, go get the check-in to the car place when we finally get there and they're going to give us our car. And they said, we want to uh, upgrade y'all. Stupid cowboy me, you know. Upgrade means something better than I had. I always going for the bigger, the better. Yeah. So he says, we just have a, we just got a Mercedes, I mean, a BMW that just came in, 720. I'm like, huh, you drive a Beamer, all right, yeah, I'll take it. Well, I didn't realize that this car is just a normal four-door car for us, you know, size-wise. But boy, I should have got the little Mini Cooper. I should have got the smallest thing possible because the roads are so small. And so I feel like I'm driving a boat. Then I'm on the other side, <clears throat> and it seems like I'm just got like, like the car is four times larger over there. It's like you, you don't have any. Yeah, you're, 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 it's like your depth perception is wrong 
Because you're always sitting on the right hand side or the left hand side of our cards and you're over here and you don't notice it. But when you're sitting here and you just keep glancing over there, it's like, oh, my God, look how much car is over there. So right out of the chute, I come out of the car rental just thinking I'd already got it in my head. You know, I got to stay in the center of the road, stay in the center of the road, stay in the center of the road, stay in the center of the road. So I'm driving and it's all of a sudden Laura's like, you're going to hit the curb. And oh, God. I mean, that was 100 yards out of the gate. And then I get up to the stoplight. I step on the brake and the car dies. And I'm like, oh, my God, the car died. Oh my God. I wasn't even going to start this thing. You know, the car died. And then I take my foot off the brake and the car starts up. I'm like, what is this stupid car doing? <laughs> then I push, go up a little bit, push it on, it dies. And I'm like, what? This, guy, this is crazy. So that was kind of traumatic, plus driving right out of Dublin into the major M5 with five lanes of traffic. And I'm just like, oh, God, hanging on to the left hand. Lord keeps saying, move over, move over. And I just keep going to the right, you know, I just keep going to my left, you know, with the car. too, like, get away, get away. I'm like, well, they're coming at me, you know. So that was a traumatic, traumatic, traumatic thing. It was the whole time was traumatic. And then it was just like, well, I got to tell you this. Hopefully I don't get anything in the, uh, the mail, like a ticket, because I'm driving this car and I'm thinking, okay, you know, what's the speed limit? So I'm just kind of staying with traffic. You know, and I'd already researched and everything. You know, the, the slow lane is our fast lane. So the reversed. So I'm over there on that side. I'm just following some stuff. And then once in a while, I'd get gutsy enough to move out and pass a truck, you know, and I'm like trying to get the feel of this. And so I can't figure out where the speed limit signs are. And so I'm just flowing this traffic. And then I start noticing these little bullet looking things up there. And so we're on this major toll road there, and it said 120. And so I knew it was kilometers, right? You know, I knew it wasn't the Autobahn, but I knew it was kilometers. So I'm like, 120. And so I look at my speedometer, and I'm going like 60. And I'm like, how can I be going twice that fast? And so I, I speed up a little bit, and I'm like, man, I don't think I can do it any faster than this. I mean, man, this, I'm just hanging on. I'm just white knuckles saying, oh, dear God, you know, can I? 120? I can't go 120 kilometers. You know what I mean? This is crazy. And then so funny, I'm getting a little guts here as we go on. So, man, I get up to 80. And I'm just driving along at 80 and say, my God, there's no way they can go 120. And then I look down and even, I don't know why, but the speedometer was in miles per hour. And at the bottom was like the little kilometer deal. And I was running like 165. And I'm like, oh, my God, slow down, you know. So... It was, it was all trauma. You know, the first, the first was trauma. But the whole time I was praying, I said, Lord, I want you this whole time that we're here together, just show us something, invest in us, show us, put, put something that shows us what, what we need to see, what we need to do, where do we need to go? And so uh, I want to read this verse to you here because this verse came out to me, uh, Matthew 13, 31. It says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Now, I don't know how many of y'all would remember this, but it was over in the fellowship hall when we either had a New Year's party or something, and it was so long ago, we had an overhead projector. So that kind of puts it back to when the time would have been. And I got this scripture because the Lord had impressed it on me. So this has got to be, you know, 
early 90s, and we had a mustard seed, like a tree up there, and the Lord had really impressed me that Living Waters Church was to be this mustard seed, this tree that's going to grow up and that we're someday we're going to get to the place where the birds of the air, the other people, ministries, whatever, can come and rest in the branches that this church is going to produce and is going to grow into, okay? And so that was years ago. And then when I'm over there, the scripture starts coming up to me. I start thinking about it all the time. And I'm like, what are you saying, Lord? So you, Jake, on pick one. So we get to Dublin and we get out on the streets and we don't know what we're doing. And Trinity College is there in Dublin. And so we walk over there. I said, let's go to Trinity College. So we walk into Trinity College. This right here is called Long Hall. There's books in there by Plato. Aristotle, some of the oldest known writings are in this library, okay? Well, I don't know what I'm doing, right? We just go wandering in. I just got a handful of euros, and every time they want to get an admission fee, I just give them something. I don't even know what it is. You know what? We go in, and I start looking at the signs. It was in a different room than this. We start looking at the signs down there, and it's talking about the Book of Kells. And I'm like, what's the Book of Kells? And so I start reading this thing, and I start reading up all this, the deal about it because it was on loan to Trinity College. It was, it was on display. And I'm like, what's the Book of Kells? I never heard of the Book of Kells. And I look down at this and I'm like, wait a minute. It's the Bible. And I go down through, it was a manuscript of the Bible done in 800 AD by a monastery there in, that was in Kells Monastery and they call it the Book of Kells. And it's a trend, it's a, it's a, Translation, not a translation, transcription of the actual, you know, right, and, and that we, when that made this. And I'm like, holy cow. So we walk into the room and there it is. You can't read it, you know, it's all in Latin. But you just walk up there and look at it. I'm like, that book, there's the Bible. Open to Mark chapter 15. And I'm like, there's the Bible. I'm looking at a transcript, what I always read about, and, and it's in here, oh, you know, in the, in the earliest translations, and I'm like, I'm looking at the earliest translation. One of the things, I'm looking at it right here. It's, it's, it's just a piece of glass between me and it. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Thank you, Jesus. I didn't even know where we're walking into. I didn't know what it was until I got up there and looked at it. I was like, God, look what you're leading. And then we go up to here, go down through the long haul. It was just somebody, Nick, you'd had to fit in there looking at all the woodwork, man. I mean, just unbelievable, all the architecture in this thing. But then thinking about this vast knowledge, well, you start looking at it, and uh, that college was established, I, I believe it was in, 14, in the 1400s, 1400s. And there's books all the way dating back into, you know, I mean, the Book of Kells is at 800 AD. In America, we've been around for 265 years. And there were people on a monastery excited about Jesus doing a transcription of the Bible in 800 AD. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at people that prayed and, 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 and wrote down this stuff. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. What, 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 what are they talking about? You know, it makes you feel, you start seeing how old everything is and how long it's been there and how many, how many years people have been worshiping God. And it starts to blow my mind. You know, I'm just like, so that, 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 that day we're just going around there, and then we, we go to St. Patrick's. I don't think I have the picture up there, Jake. Uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Well, you know, we, what do we know about St. Patrick, right? St. Patrick's Day, you wear green. 
okay? Right? I'm a, I'm a serious, I mean, I, I, mean, I didn't research all this. We we're just going to Ireland, you know? And so we walk into St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I'm just like, I mean, it's just the architecture is unbelievable. I'm just, just, just amazed by the architecture. I'm looking at all this, and I start thinking, wait a minute, when, when was this built? Oh, it was built, you know, 1200. And I'm like, wait a minute. There was a church back then, and people were coming to this place to worship God? You see, you see what I'm saying? It started blowing my mind. I was just like, wow, we've been, Living Waters Church was started in 1986 as a place of a seed, a mustard seed that God put here to bring a full gospel message to this valley and all the surrounding areas. And, and we think we're doing a lot. And we are, but I, we are. But I'm just saying, when you start looking back, and they're like, "Wait a minute, this is in 1200. This is." So I walk around the corner, and I just go, "What? How can this be?" And I walk over there and I look, and sure enough, it's. It, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of it, but I've read about it and studied about it. But it's called the Door of Reconciliation. The Door of Reconciliation was two warring families in like 1300 were fighting each other. One of the families goes into the to the, to the church to get out of the getting killed and they lock themselves up behind this big door and the other family comes in and in the middle of the church, Spirit of God hit them that they were killing each other. It was wrong and they wanted to reconcile, but they didn't trust each other, right? The ones that were locked behind the door didn't trust the ones that were on the other side of the door. And so the one that was on the outside of the door took his ax and he chopped a hole through the door and then stuck his hand, just believing God that they wouldn't chop it off, right? Just stuck his hand through the door to shake hands with the one on the other side, and they shook hands, and that was called the door of reconciliation, and it was sitting there. And I could walk up and touch it. And I'm like, I've read about this, but I can't believe it. I'm looking at it. I'm, I can touch it. I did. I don't know if I was supposed to or not, but I did. Kind of looked around to make sure nobody was looking. <laughs> Didn't know somebody's going to jump out. I was going to get in trouble. Siren going to go off or something. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sitting there looking at this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, look what you've been doing, Lord. Look what's going on here. So, so many thousands of years has been going on. This is not new. Okay. So then we, we go to another location, we go to another area. I'm just all, we leave Dublin, we finally get into the country. Uh, so we went to the location we were supposed to go to, and then I get to looking at the map, and I said, you know, there's another way we could get home and, I mean, go get over to, to the next place we're going to. And I said, we could go out this way, and I don't know what I'm doing, you know. This, I got a car that got 55 miles to the gallon. Hey, I was going to tell y'all, we're getting ripped. All cars over there, minimal, minimum cars get 45. I'm driving a huge, big BMW four-door diesel sedan, and I get 55 miles a gallon. I went 630 miles on less than a tank of gas. Yeah, all their cars get that. If they tell us ours won't. Yeah, anyway, so... I said, I'll get there. You know, I told her, I said, I'll get there. Let's go, let's go over to this place. And so give me, see, pick two. So we discovered this place, Calmore Abbey, 
don't know nothing about it. I even and Kimberly had said something about that there was this place called Calmore Abbey, and so we just went and found it, and we just went there. It's a monastery, no, it's an abbey, excuse me, that these nuns who were being bombed in Belgium during uh, World War I, and then they started getting whatever and started moving and moving and moving and moving. They, this guy loses this place in a poker game. Yeah, lost the whole thing in a poker game. And then these nuns buy it. The nun, the head, what do you call her? The mother superior that's there answers to no one except the Pope. I don't know how that works. I didn't give you, shoot you the picture. Their motto is, I walk into this place. I mean, you know, you got to stop and look at that. It looks like something off Disney movie, right? So we go through there. We walk in there. Uh, the, as soon as you walk through the door, you turn around, there's a, there's a statue there, and this is what their motto is. Commit your life to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. So I'm like, Lord, I'm just wandering around Ireland in the car, trying to keep from getting killed, and find this place. We go in here and wander in here, this is what it's all about? All based on prayer, all based that their whole, the whole abbey is set up to be a prayer abbey, and that they pray and serve, pray and serve. And they commit their life. It says, commit your life to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. So I go back to the mustard seed. And I get to thinking, man, Lord, you started something here at Living Waters. You got this thing going. You're doing something here. Look how amazing it is. Look what, look what you've done over here, and it's so new. We're just babies compared to that. We're just infants. Maybe we're about to get out of diapers or been potty trained, you know? We're just, we're just, we're so small, we're so young, right? So then let me see the third one. So then I have to find out we're in one location and we have to get back to the airport in Dublin. So, I mean, you know, like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Nobody's giving me any instructions. So we just get the map out and we pray. We said, Lord, let's go over here. So I'm like, this is called the Rock of Cat. I don't know if they I imagine it's Cashel is the way it's supposed to be said. Rock of Cashel. This is where St. Peter baptized the first Christian king of Ireland. And this was a church. And as I go through this thing and we're walking along, because I mean, you know, we're just driving down the road and we're like, huh, let's go find that. Let's go see what that is. And we get out and I'm like, you know, what all took place here and all. And then we get up in there, it's a church. And I'll get some more pictures for you, and you can, you can see them later, but it's a church. And I start walking through there, and as I'm going through this ancient church, over here is a plaque carved into the granite of Jesus on the cross. And I'm like, wow, Lord, there were people in here in this place. I think that that was done in, in 1046 or something like that when they built it. And I'm like, here they were, they built this church, and they're worshiping Jesus. There was people in here coming into this room, worshiping you way back then. St. Peter was there. You imagine what it was like, the coronation, the baptism of the very first king of Ireland as a Christian? And it took place there. And so I'm like, Lord, you're so amazing. You're just leading us through all these, these 
places and shown us how you have been around forever. There's been a lot of Christians before us. Okay? And so what the Lord began to say to me was, okay, now you're seeing it. You're catching, you're catching on to what, what's been going on. Now you need to go home and you need to tell everybody and birth and everybody that we're part of a big picture. And God planted a seed here, and he's put in a seed in each and every one of y'all. And each and every one of y'all are here for a very special reason. And I'm here to tell you that Living Waters Church is a very unusual thing. Okay? I'm not saying this to... I'm just saying the work God has done here is a very unusual thing. And the more I see and the more I talk and the more... uh, I was visiting with Pastor Wynn, by the way. Pastor Wynn and Gwen all say hello. Let me tell you hello. And we were with them for four days. And I asked him outright. I said, Wynn, you know, you travel all over the world. You've been all over the world, different places. I said, you know, how many, how many places are like Living Waters Church? And he said, none. I said, what do you mean none? He said, there's not any. He said, I'm all my travels and all I've been around. I've never seen a church like Living Water Church. I've never seen people that were so dedicated and love the Lord, so wanted, willing to give, so willing to see, uh, have a, a, a kingdom focus, uh, loving the Lord. Uh, he said, it's just not, it's not there. It's not there, Robert. He said, the generosity of the people, the gener- it's, it's unbelievable. He said, it just it doesn't exist. That's you guys. I think it's time for us as a church to stop and realize that this is just not a metal building that got put up and here because people wanted to worship God differently, but that Jesus has his hand on us for a reason. And it's time for us to start knowing that every time we walk in the doors and every time we walk out on the streets and who are, that God has done something very special in us. And each and every one of us are here for a reason and a purpose. Because we all fit into the body. We all fit into the puzzle. We all make the body of Christ function and go. And that we're about to a place in life that God has, we've got us, he's got us to a, 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 a mature place. I really think he's ready to start using us. And I think what we've seen in the past is not going to be uh, even can be considered large to what he's going to do for us in the future. And I really think the world is going to be affected by what the seed, the little mustard seed that was planted here in Utopia. And I believe that in, you know, if Jesus tarries, you know, if if we continue to instill in our children, grandchildren, and get their children, our grandchildren to instill in their children and children, children, that we could be that still here in Utopia, but not in ruins. Still preaching the gospel, still touching the world, still making an impact in the world. I really believe it with all of my heart. I uh, believe... In the future, <clears throat> short future, God's going to do some amazing things. 
Now, while I was over there with Pastor Wynn, I, I, I did a video uh, in his living room. We shot a video that's going to go out over his website. And uh, he told me this morning he already had another church in Pakistan. We don't even understand how it's working. These churches are getting hold of his videos and his discipleship material. And uh, a church in Pakistan already contacting him, wanting to get the packet of information and get going and wanted to be able to get that into his church and start a discipleship in his church. And, uh, of course, I taught on, I, 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 we sat there and did a little back and forth. I kind of wonder how it's going to work out. Man, I was, I was, uh, I was glad he was driving, so I didn't have quite as much stress on me when we did the video, that was for sure. But, uh, you know, it was kind of hectic, and we just went in there and threw the cameras up and just shot it. But, man, the anointing of God, I was just like, I couldn't shut up. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's just the anointing was just flowing. It was like this is amazing, and uh, really felt the hand of God on it. We're gonna do some more videos and link them all in there. And so I'm gonna start preaching on his channel, and he's gonna be on mine, and and we're gonna start seeing if we can reach the world even more and more like that. And then believe God to have a conference and bring people in and. Go do it over there. Now, if I get the results that I got while being in Ireland, I want to tell you all something, man. I was a rock star in Ireland. <laughs> it was amazing. I thought I was going to start signing autographs. As I walked down the street in my hat, they'd just like, <sighs> and they'd just see everybody pointing, and they'd come out and go, where are you from? I said, Texas. It's our taxes. It was wild. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Nicest people I've ever been around. Friendly. Uh, never met a rude person in Ireland. Never felt threatened or like we were going to go to Fifth City anytime. I mean, it was like just the nicest people. Uh, uh, it was unbelievable. And they love cowboys. And their favorite singer is Johnny Cash. We were going, wanting to go into, you know, you, they don't have restaurants. You, there's no, you don't see, unless there's like a quick place, but their restaurants are, are pubs, okay? So there's just pub after pub, and you have to choose what you want to go eat, and you go into the pub scene where they have musicians. Well, I'm expecting to hear Irish music. What are they playing? Country and Western. <laughs> Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash. One guy was playing the Bellamy Brothers. I'm like, how do you even know this? Kind of find out that's the big deal, man. They love country. I did. Matter of fact, I said, do you guys know how to dance this? Nobody's dancing. Do you all know how to dance this? Everybody's like, no, no. I said, well, let's show you. Let's show you how you do it. Or bring Texas over here. But uh, it was just, it was just, you, I really, I can't say enough about just the, just the time, the downtime. It was all blessing. Oh, going over, you know, there's a hurricane coming. You know, I'm like, there's a hurricane? A hurricane. They don't have hurricanes in Ireland. There's a hurricane coming. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, just whatever. We get there. Everybody's freaked out because the, just the sun comes out. The sun shines every day. And the whole, the whole trip, we only had one day that it was, it was, it wasn't really raining like it rains here, but it was just this blowy rain kind of stuff going around that kind of, hindered us a little bit, 
and uh, and then we had one day coming home in London that it rained when we were eating in a restaurant. We were time we got out, it was all over with, and and they were just like everybody was freaking out. It's not it always. Never does. I was like, yeah. I told Wynn, I said, y'all complain all the time about the weather. Look at this stuff. Y'all got beautiful green, sunny. I mean, y'all. He's like, this is this doesn't happen. <laughs> I said, I guess Texas came over here and brought sunshine, you know. And, but it was just, you couldn't have asked for better days. It was just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But I just want to encourage you tonight, okay? Y'all are that seed. And I believe that our branches are growing up. And I believe our branches are getting strong. And I believe that there's going to be birds of the air come and nest in our branches and get relief from the pressures of this world. Now, I want to tell you all something. Uh, London was a madhouse. I've never seen so many people in my life. I don't know how they could live there. it It was ridiculous. But anyway. I can guarantee you all the people that walking down that street, the herds of people walking down the street, won't what's in here tonight. I'm going to be preaching a message. I'm going to start it because God gave me a whole another series called Masterminds. Masterminds. We're going to start preaching that Sunday about because um, some things the Lord showed me over there about what people are looking for and how we're going to get there and how we should be walking in it, what we have to offer the world. And I was I walked down the street, I just looked in people's faces, and I'm just like, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no happiness. They're just looking into the world to just bring any kind of satisfaction. And so, um, <clears throat> it's pretty wild. We went in a store in London that was started in 1709, were the queen shops. And so I was like, okay, you know, all right. So then one said, tomorrow I want to take you to Harrods. And I don't know if anybody knows about Harrods, but Harrods is the most expensive store in the world, I think. And so he said, I want to take you for tea at Harrods. I said, when? This is really out of my groove, man. He said, no, you need to go to the tea room in Harrods and we're going to have tea. So we go to the tea room. I went because I could not understand, you know, like going through the, because it's a, it's a huge department store, multi-level huge department store, but only the highest in merchandise it could be. So for me looking at clothes, I don't know what to even gauge it off of, right? So I go to the meat market. They have a meat market in there. <laughs> so I go to the meat market and I get over there and I'm looking at pork chops. I'm not joking. I'm, I'm telling you the truth, right? I'm looking at pork chops and I'm I'm figuring this out. They got a like a normal, like a like a three-quarter thick pork chop, like we would, you know, like we'd barbecue, right? And I'm looking and I'm thinking, that can't be right. And I asked Wynn to come over there and I said, is that right? It's 45 pounds for that pork chop. It's $45. Well, a pound's the dollars a one and a quarter to the pound. So it's like $55. For this pork chop, one pork chop. I'm like, what did they feed the pig? <laughs> right? What did they feed the pig that got this, you know? It's wild. I mean, watches, $50,000 watch was on the low end. Walk along 100, 
$200,000 watches. And I'm just looking at this store like, you know, herds of people. Of course, most of them are just like us, just walking around looking. And then I stopped and thought, I said, you know what? Somebody's buying this stuff because this store cannot be here and function unless somebody buys it. And so we get to thinking about, and then it really challenged me because it's like we think about our money situation so much that we, we, we can't imagine doing something like that. Like I said, the low-end watch was 50 grand. Um, and it didn't look that good. To be honest with you, it wasn't like it had giant rubies on it or something, you know? And uh, But somebody's in there spending, and we got to start looking and got to start realizing there's a lot of money out in the world. There's a lot of crazy people that have a lot of money. And it's just a matter of getting it channeled in the right place so we can do what God's wanting us to do and not limit our... It, it helped me to not limit my vision because I'm like, there are people who come in here and buy this. There are people out there to finance the gospel. We shouldn't shy away because we look at something, you know, these people are chunking some change down for a bunch of junk. $55 pork chop? Shoot a lot of deer for that. And I realize how our thinking, you know, I mean, we're country. And the way that we do things and the way that we live. But a lot of the Irish were like that. You could see they were like us. I, I related to them all out in the country. In Dublin, I didn't. It was too crowded. But it wasn't anything compared to London. I've never seen anything like that. I, I guess it's like New York, but I've never been to New York. But, <clears throat> but every store you walk by was in, you know, it says in the store, you know, established in 1736. I'm like, that was before the revolution. Like, how does it, how? And, and so you see all the old buildings and everything, and and of course they're they're huge, they're massive, they're their architecture and everything. You know, you're just looking at this mesmerized by it all. But uh, it sure puts things in perspective. And like I said, when I was in London walking down the street, nobody even thought I was weird. I didn't even get a look. Because there's a lot of freaky people. I was just looking like. What was that? I turned to Laura and said, what was that? So anyway, you're the seed. Amen? So praise God. Hello, this is Robert Richards. And you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.